but it behooves us to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation, life, and resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We have a woman to thank for today's feast of the invention of the Holy Cross. We have the Empress Saint Helena to thank for this feast. And I like to hear the introit coming from Saint Helena herself. I often ask that question. Who is singing the introit today? And to whom? And today, although the introit is the same one that we sang on Monday Thursday, and it's taken from the Epistle to the Galatians, I seem to hear St. Helena singing it. And what is her message? It behooves us to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation, life, and resurrection, by whom we are made whole, saved, and delivered. You, of course, know that St. Helena was inspired by the Holy Ghost to go to Jerusalem, and there, using her vast wealth and influence, undertake excavations she was in some way driven by the Holy Ghost to look for the wood of the cross. And so these great excavations were undertaken and the wood of the cross was discovered. The cross was identified by the miracles that took place upon contact with it. This was God's way of manifesting the authenticity of the find. And St. Helena took the greater part of the cross back to her, back with her to her Caesarean palace in Rome. And there, never a woman to do things by halves, she had more excavations taken. And she had the open foundation filled with earth from Jerusalem. She was very resourceful. And she had the hold of a ship filled with earth from Jerusalem. Had that earth transported to Rome and laid into the foundation of the basilica that she was determined to build. And so the word went out that Helena had brought Jerusalem to Rome. And she erected on the emplacement of her palace the Basilica of the Holy Cross in Jerusalem. It was admitted that 
the faithful going to this basilica would receive the same graces, the same blessings as pilgrims to Jerusalem. And so it made it very easy for the Roman population to go to Jerusalem. They had only to go to the Basilica of the Holy Cross, and in so doing, they were in some way in Jerusalem. And there in that Basilica, they were able to contemplate and to touch and to kiss and to be blessed with not only the wood of the cross, but also with the sign that was suspended above our Lord's head on the cross, and with relics of the crown of thorns and the holy nails. Even today, the Basilica of the Holy Cross in Jerusalem is the great church of the Passion of the Lord in Rome, and it remains a place of pilgrimage. Just a word about this feast. You will understand, I think, that the Church returns to certain events and mysteries celebrated in Holy Week in order to celebrate them anew in the light of the Resurrection. So, for instance, Holy Thursday, the day of the institution of the Most Holy Eucharist and of the priesthood, is overshadowed by the imminent darkness of our Lord's bitter passion. And the Church on Holy Thursday exercises a certain restraint in her celebration of this immense gift and mystery of the love of Christ and the sacrament of his body and blood. Yes, we have the procession to the altar of repose. Yes, we keep watch before the blessed sacrament. But all the same, there is a kind of darkness hanging over the whole celebration. Because we know that the following day, we will follow our Lord along the Via Crucis and see him nailed to the wood and contemplate his side opened by the soldier's lance. And so the church, again, influenced by a woman, St. Juliana, uh, the church instituted a feast after Paschal Tide that allows us to return to the gift and mystery of Holy Thursday. And we have the feast of Corpus Christi, Corpus Domini, the feast of the body of Christ, which is a return to the cenacle, to the upper room wherein our Lord instituted the sacrament of his body and blood. It is a fresh celebration of this gift of his love, but in an altogether jubilant key because we celebrate it in the light of our Lord's resurrection and ascension, and indeed uh, in the fire of the Holy Ghost, because it occurs on the Thursday after Trinity Sunday. Similarly, on Good Friday, when we listen to the 
passion, according to St. John, we are, or at least I am, seized by the opening of our Lord's side by the soldier's lance. And we, together with the beloved disciple, with Our Lady, with Mary Magdalene and the other holy women, we look and we gaze upon the one whom they pierced. But this contemplation of the open heart of Jesus is in some way momentary, isn't it? Because the passion goes on. And we pass from the reading of the passion to the great intercessions and to the veneration of the cross. But the church makes a kind of mental note and says, oh, this mystery of the pierced side. Oh, this mystery of the open heart of Jesus. How I long to return to that moment at the foot of the cross. And so, on the Friday, after the octave of Corpus Christi, we have the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which is a way of revisiting that moment on Calvary. But this time again, in the light of the resurrection and in the ascension, and in the fire of Pentecost. And so I, I say this by way of explaining that today's feast allows us to contemplate the mystery of the cross, but in the light that shines from the wounds of the risen Jesus. You know, on the Wednesday of Holy Week, we listen to the Passion of Our Lord according to St. Luke. And St. Luke describes the death of Jesus in a great and mysterious darkness. You will remember that St. Luke says, and the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst, and Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And saying this, gave up the ghost. In Holy Week, we contemplate the mystery of the cross in a kind of sorrowful obscurity. But today, today, we celebrate the same mystery of the cross with a note of jubilation in the light of the resurrection. And for this reason, Today's Holy Mass and Divine Office is shot through with shimmering alleluias. It's, it's a quite um, moving thing, today's Office and Mass. This interplay, the allusions to the cross, the singing of the epistle, Christ obedient unto death, death on a cross, this alternating with the paschal cry of Alleluia, this is our faith, it is the confession of the cross, but the cross in the light of the resurrection, the cross studded, as it were, with precious stones in the Patristic age, there was often the crook's 
gemata in the apse of the church. That is to say, the cross set with shining precious stones to recall our Lord's glorious wounds. And it is this contemplation of the cross that holds our attention today. We can only pray then that the mystery of the cross may penetrate us with its brightness. For no darkness, no earthly darkness, no darkness wrought by men nor by demons uh, can conquer the brightness of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.